0: Saturday, June 25th, 2022. I'm Kevin Cork. A 6-3 decision this week by the U.S. Supreme Court shook the very foundation of America. The justices ending the federal right to an abortion, sending rules that govern the practice back to the states. But while some are calling it the demise of Roe v. Wade and the rise of states' rights, others wonder if the court's decision means the sort of sweeping change across the
1: country that would be both feared and, in some corners, cheered. The court just couldn't struggle with this, you know, on one hand, on the other hand kind of thing. And they said this belongs to the people. It doesn't belong in the Supreme Court. I'm Jared Halpern. Congress passes
2: a significant gun safety bill overcoming decades of political gridlock.
0: What we are doing will save thousands of lives without violating anyone's second amendment rights. This is the Fox News Rundown from Washington. For half a century, American conservatives have fought to restrict and in many cases completely outlaw the practice of abortion, framing it as protecting the life of a child, a human being deserving of all rights and protections of any person, born or unborn. Defendants of Roe have framed it as the cornerstone of bodily autonomy, an American woman's right to choose the fate of a pregnancy without interference by the government.
1: As the Supreme Court uh, held today, that it's a state issue. It is not a Supreme Court issue. So all the state legislatures, all 50 state legislatures in D.C. will decide the right to abortion.
0: Attorney Victoria Tunzing has practiced law for more than 40 years. is a former deputy assistant U.S. attorney general and carefully studied both the recent Dobbs case and another major ruling by the court on gun rights.
1: This time it's pretty well split. About 20-some provide for right to abortion and about 20-some do do not, or they have uh, various limitations.
0: Specifically to Dobbs, uh, what made this case successful for the pro-life movement, I guess would be the best way to put
1: it? You know, Kevin, I think this has been building up for so long. This court has struggled every single time it's had to decide an abortion issue. In Roe v. Wade, which is like 50 years old, um, the court just out of nothing, out of, you know, this amendment and that amendment and the 14th and the Right to property and all this stuff, there's a right to an abortion. And then what they did to be worse about the law, they became a legislature, And these nine medical experts, the the justices on the Supreme Court, uh, decided that there were three trimesters, a first trimester, a second, and a third, and then they made various rules for those trimesters. So they were acting like how a state legislature or Congress would write a law. So 20 years later, when Casey came down, the court kind of, mm, they didn't really quote all the those rights that uh, Roe v. Wade quoted, they basically said, well, there's a right to an abortion, stare decisis, and we've learned a little more now. So at viability, we won't allow abortions after viability unless it doesn't put an undue burden on the woman. I mean, it was really incredible. And the court just couldn't struggle with this, you know, on one hand, on the other hand kind of thing. And they said, this belongs to the people. It doesn't belong in the Supreme Court
0: interesting uh acog put out a statement and it reads in part today's decision is a direct blow to bodily autonomy reproductive health patient safety and health equity in the united states now that's not a surprise if people know about acog it's a a professional membership uh, dedicated to as they would say uh, advocacy for women's health and yet it could be argued uh, counselor, that this particular ruling doesn't mean that abortions are illegal uh, writ large. It means that the states will now have the final say.
1: And the, and the people will have the final say, because then the people can go in and say, well, I didn't like what you decided. We're going to unseat you. I mean, that's – Ruth Bader Ginsburg said that. Ruth – in fact, Ruth said, by deciding Roe v. Wade when we did, we just prolong the divisiveness – so, you know, all these people are saying, Ruth sent us. Well, she wouldn't have sent them to any place because she thought the court was wrong in taking on abortion before the states sort of, more states made decisions. The The Supreme Court, this is a legal term, Kevin, they, they like the issues to percolate and out mm. there in the country. And then they look at them as they sort to bubble up to the Supreme Court and The Roe v. Wade court bypassed all that. I
0: want to drill down, if I could, for just a second, Victoria, on the Chief Justice John Roberts. I think in the the several weeks that we've sort of had an inkling that this might happen. Of course, the uh, leak of the uh, draft decision by Justice Alito really had people thinking this probably would end up being a five-four. Very, very unlikely would end up being a six-three, and instead. Uh, as we got closer to the ultimate decision it ends up being sort of five three in a push tell me about the chief justice and his decision and the way that he has viewed this particular issue
1: well he didn't think it was necessary to overrule that he basically agreed with the, the holding uh, but he said uh, we just had this one case before us of whether fifteen weeks was uh, our right to banish abortion after that so that's all we should have decided but several things. First of all, you have to know, and I'm sure you're aware um, of John Roberts history. He's he's a peacemaker. He, he's well, how can we accommodate people? And he was kowtowed by Barack Obama when Obama went around the country saying the Supreme Court better uphold Obamacare. And for those of us who know, I know two ways. I know because I read the Obamacare decision and it was clear that he was going to uphold it until the very end. And he said, oh, it's a tax. Um, but I also know from a couple of justices who were furious at him at the time that he changed his vote. So he's, he's one of these peacemakers. He's not a strong person. He wants to continue to eat lunch in this town. So I thought that he was going to try to work out something, but the other people, the other justices, must have just said, no, this is where we're gonna go. And so he had to join them.
0: I was curious if along the last several weeks, he wouldn't be attempting to maybe pull one over to his side uh, in sort of a way to, yeah, and and sort of this idea of, you know, maybe we just sort of leave things the way they are. He just seemed incredibly uncomfortable uh, to the point where you could almost sense uh, in his public statements that, you know, this was something that was, as you pointed out, he's trying to be a peacemaker, uh, a Latter-day Kennedy, if you will. You never know which way he's going to go. But then again, I can tell you when I speak to conservatives, there are those out there who say, you know, this guy's turning out to be a Latter-day suitor, uh, which I think is sort of over the top at the same time. But he's had a very difficult uh, run here over the last several years as the chief justice. Uh, some heavy, weighty issues, uh, and he's not winning popularity contests on either side.
1: No, he he is not, and most conservatives do not appreciate him at all. Um, when, when people say, oh, it's not fair, it's a 6-3 Supreme Court, I say, no, 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 it's a 5-4 Supreme Court, because you never know where Roberts is going to go.
0: I was going to switch gears for just a moment and uh, talk about uh, the historic decision uh, that uh, the Second Amendment uh, has been protected. Uh, That is the argument from proponents. This recent uh, decision by the high court. Unpack that for me in just a moment.
1: Uh, So here was the law in New York yeah you could get a license to carry a gun you had to have a license to carry a gun but you could only get it if you really 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 needed it and just mere self-defense wasn't it and kevin the way it ended up is people who were you know, high sports uh figures or people who already could have uh, security were the only people who are allowed to get these gun licenses and the clarence thomas said no this is not a second rate amendment this you don't have to say i need to show some proof before i can exercise my first amendment i need to do something you get to have a gun it means that keep and bear mean keep Which was the earlier case the heller case it was a dc law and in the heller case said you can keep a gun in your house and now the supreme court has said and bear which is in the constitution bear means that you can carry it outside of your home so it's pretty clear now how the laws um, have to be worded now let me just say this is not unfettered uh, possession of a gun because the court opinion specifically said look shall issue is different than may issue. There shouldn't be a lot of discretion, but states, you can require people to have fingerprints, background checks, training, mental health records. You can; Those are just kind of basic things. They're neutral, but you're not going to put it in the hands of some entity to decide whether oh, they're gonna make a decision uh, whether you can carry or not.
0: This is a very interesting law that has been on the books in the state of New York for a long (laughs) time. And people have felt like this has kept us safer than it might not otherwise. Although I think there are some stats uh, that might suggest, uh, certainly the gun proponents, the gun lobby would tell you that the more people that have access, probably the lower the crime rate. Because you never know. The person you may attack may uh, defend themselves with deadly force. It's an, interesting, it's an interesting discussion because there are those who have felt like this infringes upon a state's right to limit certain things. And then on the other hand, you have the court saying to the states, hey, listen, you guys can make a decision on abortion and reproductive rights uh, as you see fits by way of legislature. It's fascinating to sort of compare the two uh, outcomes at the high court.
1: See, I'm looking at it, Kevin, is that they're giving more discretion to the state, that this is really a conservative court that is saying everything's not going to be federalized. You can make your own rules about this, but the gun laws, it's just that you you have to allow it, but you can have certain restrictions, and then they're giving the states the um, their right to uh, decide what kind of abortion laws should be present. I, and and there's another case percolating up, or an issue an issue I should say percolating up, and that is how much state legislatures. Uh, can decide election laws, and that's for another time, and we should, but we should get into it because the Supreme Court decided uh, this week that two state legislatures had as much interest in defending the identification requirement under state law, as did the state attorney general. So they're looking to state legislatures to give them a lot of authority, and it's a very interesting issue.
0: It is interesting because, again, there's a reason there is a legislative body. (laughs) Let the politicians (laughs) sort it out by way of the people rather than always running to the court. Certainly that's been an argument made here in the nation's capital. Uh, Lastly, Victoria, and this has been a stimulating conversation, I can't thank you enough for your time. But before we go, I just want you to sort of play, I don't know, Nostradamus here. Do some predicting for me. Where do we go here now that Dobbs has uh... made its way across the finish line what happens in your opinion around the nation uh... because i'm i i do not mind telling you sometimes i talk to friends sometimes i talk to people i work with and there is a legitimate concern among a number of americans that wow, now i'm under lock and key here i'm under pressure i don't have the rights i once did and yet if you sort of step back a minute depends on where you live and again it goes back to the people unpack what do you think will happen Uh, In the days, weeks, months ahead, are we looking at dozens of lawsuits around the country?
1: Oh, probably, probably. Uh, Well, I can tell you a couple of things that aren't going to happen. Nancy Pelosi says the Republicans are going to pass, if we're not careful, they're going to pass a ban on all abortions. That's not going to happen. And Joe Biden says, "Go out and vote the right way, and we'll get a legislature that will allow uh, everybody to have an abortion, a federal right to uh, legislative right to abortion." That's not going to happen. So those two things, it's not going to be decided in the House or the Senate. If you were a member of the House or the Senate, would you want to now stick your <laughs> stick your toe in the water of abortion? You would not say, a chance. Okay. But- Let the state legislatures do that. Uh, Biden is going to try to do whatever he can figure out with his nasty legal team um, that did so much wrong during the the virus pandemic uh, of shutting down people and giving people money and stuff like that. They're going to try to do it. That same thing to the abortion issue. They're going to try to how do we can we spend money um, to give women abortions or can we get the federal government involved? And I think a lot of the things will be uh, challenged legally that Biden is going to be trying to do. It, the, the fight's going to be at the state legislatures. And, you know, the state legislature says no abortions whatsoever from day one. Well, then let let the voters kick them out.
0: It's going to make for a very interesting few days, weeks, months, perhaps even years. Victoria Tunsing, thank you so much for your time today. We appreciate it.
1: Sure, anytime.
2: President Biden will do something none of his predecessors have done in more than a quarter century, sign a significant gun-related bill into law. In the immediate aftermath of the Uvalde, Texas, elementary school massacre, a group of senators began talking about gun violence and how to stop it. It appeared to be a routine exercise after mass shootings, each effort ending largely unsuccessfully. But Texas Republican Senator John Cornyn says this time he was determined to see success.
3: I don't want us to pass a bill for the purpose of checking a box. I want to make sure we actually do something useful, something that is capable of becoming a law, something that will have the potential to save lives. He
2: found a partner in Connecticut, Democrat Senator Chris Murphy, a longtime advocate for stronger gun control.
0: What we are doing will save thousands of lives without violating anyone's Second Amendment rights.
2: Notably, the legislation does not restrict any specific firearm. There's no assault weapons ban, for instance, or new limits on ammunition. A proposal to increase the purchase age for some semi-automatic weapons also is not included, but it will allow background checks to now include juvenile court and mental health records for buyers between 18 and 21 years of age. And it will spend hundreds of millions of dollars on states implementing so-called red flag laws, expanding mental health resources, and bolstering school security. Thursday night, 15 Republican senators voted yes, including Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. The House voted on Friday. Again, every Democrat voted yes, joined by 14 Republicans. My colleague Chad Pergram, Fox News congressional correspondent, followed every detail of the debate and the negotiations and shares how a deal got done
3: and if it could signal a bigger bipartisan breakthrough in Congress. It's significant because they haven't passed any major piece of gun legislation in Congress since uh, the 30th of November 1993. That was the Brady Act, the Brady Law, uh, dealt with a background uh, check and a waiting period for, you know, the purchase of handguns, then extended to other weapons. So the fact that it's been three decades uh, since they've done this, uh, that is a big deal. What is also a big deal is that this Piece of legislation is pretty narrow. Mm-hmm. It's narrow in the sense that it doesn't have restrictions on the types of weapons you can acquire. Uh, you know, it it doesn't do much in that area in terms of any you know assault weapons ban. That's something that Republicans have been touting as they pitch this to their members and pitch it to their constituents, uh, who frankly, you know, a lot of Second Amendment advocates and Republicans aren't too hot on this. Even though you know you, you talked to John Cornyn and some others, uh, they will tell you that this is exactly what the NRA wanted. I thought it was. Interesting how Mitch McConnell, the Senate minority leader, tried to present this bill as not going too far. Uh, you know, so, you know, but again, it's in the eye of the beholder, and there are some members of Congress who just will not touch any piece of firearms related legislation mm-hmm. at all. End of story, 30 Fiend. Well, let's talk
2: sort of about the specifics here, because to your point, this does not include a lot of things that Democrats have been calling for. There's no assault weapons ban. It does not make illegal anything that is currently not illegal. It doesn't have a capacity limit for for magazines. It it doesn't uh, raise the purchase age for uh, semi-automatic weapons from 18 to 21. Um, So why are so many Democrats so enthusiastic about this bill?
3: The fact that they're able to get something, something, And this was kind of a threat to Republicans to say, you can't even support this. Look at look at how many things that we left on the table there. And you can't even give us this because that way, if the Republicans did blow it up, uh, then they would say, look, guess what? They're not for anything. And, you know, there's been some polling. There's been some stuff in the public eye right now that uh, maybe this issue is turning a little bit in the Democrats direction and people who are a little resistant uh, you know, kind of this, uh, you know, free for all when it comes uh, to, you know, any type of weapon, you know, no restrictions whatsoever. Um, so that's something that Republicans are very concerned about. Keep in mind that this fall's midterm election is what I call a don't screw it up election, meaning that Republicans, they are pretty much on a go- glide path, certainly to win the House. The Senate is a jump ball, but don't screw things up. And if they were to screw this up, which is why, frankly, Mitch McConnell, the minority leader, he came out rather quickly, you know, supporting this package and has been, you know, somebody who has spoken pretty loudly in favor of it, uh, is very concerned about, uh, you know, this falling by the wayside. And then after Uvalde, Republicans getting blamed for not doing something, not doing anything related to firearms.
2: So let's talk about these two issues that that nearly held this up. Uh, Funding for so-called red flag laws and closing what's known as the boyfriend loophole. Let's start, Chad, with the the red flag law conversation. Uh, So this bill is going to spend, what, about $750 million over the next uh, five years um, for states to implement red flag laws. those are laws that state, some states have that, that allow a court to intervene and, and remove weapons from a, a home if an individual is deemed to be a threat to themselves or to others.
3: Right. And it's a due process issue. You know, there's a question. That's here about the concern
2: that Republicans have constitutional with, with
3: rights, rights, the yes. idea that that, you know, we're going to take a yes. gun from somebody. And truncate, you know, those types of of due process, uh, you know, things that are afforded to you in the Constitution, and also uh, take your weapon. Know, so you have two so problems with two, a, two sections of the Constitution.
2: There. Republicans were sort of able to, to what expand sort of the, the definition of what we consider to be red flag laws. So in other words, exactly, don't and do this laws, in a aren't way that lose it, money.
3: and do this in a way that states, you know, have the ultimate. Decision making—they're okay. the so, ultimate arbiter in this. This isn't some red flag law that completely is dictated by Washington at the federal level. So, so states that can decide had some how they appeal. want to handle this. That's right. and, and, and health and so, laws
2: or drug, veterans courts, things like that.
3: Yes, nuancing this in a way okay. that you know Republicans would like this, and the idea that states had more control—that was very important. That was a a bridge they had to had to cross on this.
2: The other issue they had was what, what's known as the boyfriend loophole. Um, this deals with. Basically, it's a background check provision, right, that to, to keep guns away from people who have been convicted of domestic abuse. But the question, I guess, is what what is a partner in the legal sense if you're not married to somebody?
3: Right, exactly. And and, and who you know, who is that domestic partner? what qualifies. Uh, and again, you're also getting into taking away firearms from somebody. Uh, what are the restrictions in each individual jurisdiction and state? You know, that's something that they were very concerned about. So again, you know, they had to reach reach a compromise in this. Now, you know, the, the, the issue at hand is, as you say, this, this burgeoning, you know, universe of what's a domestic partner. You yeah. know, they were getting into people who, you know, are you know, partners and same-sex relationships. Uh, you know, you get into in, into some other qualifications there in the LBGTQ universe. So that's an well, issue also as well. Like sort of those, th- casual th- those types relationship of things had to be addressed. With somebody in a romantic relationship with somebody. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so to just call it the boyfriend loophole, that's, you know, a little yeah. narrow even in the description there, but that's the shorthand they use in Washington. Absolutely. But so again, that was the what, biggest sticking point.
2: I know what what Texas Senator uh, John Cornyn has said—he was the lead Republican negotiator in this—is basically, unless somebody is convicted of domestic abuse under their own state laws, it wouldn't impact. So, in other words, it was a it, pretty high this, bar. Again, you're right. Goes back to letting the states figure out how they want
3: to handle this issue. As you say, convicted in state court. That yeah, tells you okay. a lot right there. Again, turning this power over to the states.
2: Now, we talked about that, that, that money for, for the, these red flag laws and, and courts, and there's also a lot of mental health funding, something like $300 million in, right. in school safety as well. Um, where's this, how's this paid for?
3: Well, you know, again, that's something that you had conservatives being very concerned about here, moving funds around from other places, and even people like Joe Manchin, Democrat from West Virginia. You know, he represents a state where firearms are very important, but he supported this piece of legislation. So did Shelley Moore Capito, Republican from West Virginia as well. Uh, But if it wasn't going to be paid for. And they weren't going to have other funds from you know other portions in the federal budget and and things and just you know brand new money you know this is the other thing too this is not what we call here in washington an appropriations bill Mm -hmm. you and i often talk in the fall and usually christmas time as well about the government shutting down those are appropriations bills this is not an appropriations bill so what they had to do was was figure out okay we have these uh, shelves of money and move around the products on the shelf to pay for this. That's what they did. So they, they have did. to
2: find existing funds.
3: Exactly. And those or, are the or so-called pay for
2: something something that's already there. Right. A exactly. pot of, of money that already exists. They can't create a new pot of money. E-
3: exactly, which they okay. could If it was an appropriation bill and you put this money and, 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 you know, I'm going to be very interested to see when they start to do those uh, spending bills later this year, if there is additional money for these types of programs. I mean, this is very early right now. We just don't know. But yeah, that's uh, that's something to keep an eye on. That's
2: a good point. Let's finish with this, Chad, because there was some, uh, you know, this came up and I know that uh, Cornyn's office quickly dismissed it. But, you know, people are like, oh, well, if they can get this done so quickly on guns, maybe they'll take immigration. These other issues that have been sort of stuck in the legislative muck for for decades. Does does this open the the door to, to any other issue that has long vexed the U.S. Senate?
3: Well, in terms of firearms, probably not. I mean, if it took them 29 years to do this, so nothing you don't see this as a first step term. for firearms. This well, you probably... y- y- you just don't know. I mean, it okay. depends on the makeup of the Senate. Again, well, sure. if they don't change the the filibuster rule, you know that's going to be a, a an issue because you can't really get at anything, and there seems to be no appetite to do so. So that's the first thing. The other thing I would I would say, and I think that this is important, is that a lot was written that the Senate is broken, and there was a, a piece written in the past few days that you know the Senate really is not that broken. This shows that they can do things in a bi- bipartisan fashion. Uh, they passed the big infrastructure bill in a bipartisan fashion. Uh, there's a lot of other bills, a postal reform bill, which was passed uh, by a bipartisan fashion. So again, this happens all the time. It sometimes does not get the headlines. but again, we're close to an election year. We are in an election year. We're close to an election. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. the appetite to get much else done, frankly, there's not a lot there. Now, Democrats are going to talk, and we're hearing it again, Jared, about build back better, uh, doing some <laughs> really, really, really scaled down version of the big spending come down bill to, that they to, had to
2: uh, the senior senator from West Virginia.
3: Exactly. Exactly. And if and he can pretty much write that bill, frankly. And if there's something,
2: he has become the Senate Majority Leader when it comes to all things build back better.
3: Yes. And if there's a way that they can get something that addresses pharmaceutical prices, something that addresses uh, certain climate issues in a way that is acceptable to him, uh, then maybe they can. They can. and, And also brings down the deficit. That's what you're supposed to do in a reconciliation package because you can avoid the filibuster. And Jared. Uh, the one thing that I think is important is that uh, there's no way that they were going to set up a reconciliation bill, and which is the vehicle where you can sidestep a filibuster essentially once a year and not use that that vehicle for something. Uh, you, right. you, it's just too ripe an opportunity. And so that's why those well, conversations that, are up th- again. Th- especially yeah.
2: given that Senate Democrats don't know where, where they're going to be.
3: Right. This is their last chance uh, to do anything, you know, because, I mean, the House could flip, Senate could flip and that's it. So they want to get something maybe later this summer, maybe in the fall, uh, use this to to parade around and say this is what we got. You know, there's something to be learned from the experience on the firearms bill here. I talked to Jamal Bowman, who is a Democratic Mm -hmm. representative from New York, and he said this bill is a floor. There was some thought among progressives and liberal Democrats that they could not support a plan like this because it did not go far enough. It didn't have an assault weapons ban and so on. And so they thought, well, they might vote no. And there's always some concern about that. And there was definitely some of that afoot in uh, in the House of Representatives and in the Senate. But, you know, this is the floor. So on Build Back Better, if they say, OK, this is our floor, we at least did something and it isn't the big bill that we wanted. Uh, we at least got infrastructure done yeah, we don't have the you know full control of the House and Senate next time around, but maybe we will in 2024, 2026. Mm-hmm. This is the floor. And so maybe that for the Democrats is that, you know, we, we made a little bit of progress toward our broader agenda. We don't know yet, but that is well, something to consider.
2: I know you have told me in the past that legislation is more like wine than sausage and that sometimes it takes a few years to know if it's uh, going to work out or not. So we'll we have, we'll have, have some time to digest this, uh, this bill and, and see how it moves forward. Chad, appreciate the time. As always, have a great weekend.
3: Likewise. Thank you.
2: Tomorrow on the Fox News Rundown from Washington, we will talk more about this historic term at the U.S. Supreme Court after its ruling on Dobbs strikes down abortion protections. How might states respond and what's left on the docket? Jessica Rosenthal talks about it with Fox News Chief Legal Affairs Correspondent and Fox News at Night anchor Shannon Breen. And Fox News Correspondent Kevin Cork looks at another inflation impact point, rent prices. Until then, I'm Jared Halpern. Thanks for listening to the Fox News Rundown from Washington.